This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, a good afternoon to you too, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Yeah, doing all right. We're, uh, man, it's, it's, it's a beautiful season over here in uh central mississippi in the uh in the dirty south if most people are going to be stuck at home i'll be honest like this is the kind of time you want to be stuck at home i don't know about where you're at but it's been beautiful here i mean it just really really pretty like uh real crisp air not too hot not too humid just warm enough to make it pleasant outside throughout the neighborhood here lots of you know mamas with their strollers you know hanging out with the kids on the street all that kind of stuff we went uh, lunting the other day with the baby and uh man it was just just so nice man just around the neighborhood here so you know we can take uh (laughs) some comfort in the fact that uh at least around these parts it's been uh it's been really pretty yeah man I, i i know what you mean it's been nice here although i will say i've been trying to like will it to be summer you know what i mean like i'm yeah I have been enjoying this. I mean, you know, the flowers are in bloom. We've got, um, you know, at the new house, we've got kind of a rose garden in the back, which is real nice. And, uh, oh, that's great. Some, yeah, hibiscus and some jasmine and just all kinds. Of, I mean, it's beautiful because you just go out there and you just, it smells amazing. And I'm trying, I'm trying so hard this season to really like fight the allergies so I can like fully enjoy uh, <laughs> the, the beauty that we got going on, man. And uh, and it's a, it's a great place to sit out, smoke pipe, and enjoy the weather and uh, yeah, so I mean, all things considered, you couldn't ask for better quarantine <laughs> weather. I know, but I, I know. do wish it was a bit warmer. I'm, I'm, I'm just like I said, I'm just trying to will it. Well, <laughs> will it to be you, summer? You, I guess you've been in uh, Houston for a couple of years now, so you, you just wait. You just remember right no, now how I, you, you just remember <laughs> right, re- remember this moment right now where you are uh, wishing for it to be warmer. Uh, it, about mid-August, that's when you'll uh, you'll start eating those words. So. No, you're right. You're, look, it's highly selfish. Like, I get it. It's highly selfish. The reason why I want it is because of the pool. Because, like, that's the thing. I mean, I've said before, like, I love living in Houston, but if we didn't have this pool, I don't know if I'd love living in Houston. Like, you know, it's, it's funny. Growing up down there, I, I remember thinking to myself, like, this is fun. Like, to, you know, I'd go visit. My grandfather would take me to my aunt's pool, and we'd hang out and ride bikes and all this stuff. And I'd think to myself, that, you know, this is fun, but I, humans probably shouldn't live here permanently. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so hot, man. This it's is just incredible. Just, you, you all the concrete and everything. It's just, oh, man, it's... uh. It's it's impressive. So uh, yeah, <laughs> no, that's good, man. I, I am curious. So uh, have you been uh, have you been going back and forth with the the shop, or how have y'all been uh, how have y'all been doing all things considered? Yeah. So th- this we were deemed essential by our local authorities, uh, you know. But I, in order just to protect our staff and everything, so I I have sent everybody home except for um, myself, and then we um, actually. Uh, Liz, who is a, a dear friend of mine who works for us at the Squire, who kind of quarterbacks all of our mail orders, um, you know, she has volunteered, I, you know, I offered to, you know, take it myself and all that kind of stuff, but she has volunteered to continue to, to crank out mail orders. And so that's been incredibly gracious of her. And, um, and, and, you know, frankly, as a retailer, it's helped us get through a little bit with all this, uh, you know, madness going on. A lot of folks are at home and, you know, trying to figure out what to do. And, um, you know, and so they occasionally are, you know, buying a little pipe tobacco and we're, we're thankful for that. Um, you know, our biggest concern, to be honest with you, Bo, is, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty conservative retailer, so I, I'm pretty good at, you know, stashing away a little bit for rainy days. And so I, you know, I wasn't, wasn't as concerned about that, but my biggest concern, you know, as far as, um, you know, the business environment 
has been taking care of our regular customers that have been shopping with us for 50 years. You know, I mean, I've got I've got 85-year-old Korean War veterans that smoke a half pound of Cherokee a week. Like I I'm not I mean, I I'm not going to let them go without pipe tobacco. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I'm not going to let it happen, you know? And so uh, it's been this really strange balance of, um, you know, we have shortened our hours at the shop and uh, limited the amount of people that can come in and hang out and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we're kind of, you know, just carrying on, trying to make sure that our our clients are um, are taken care of. You know, the elderly folks that are in our area, we've, uh, you know, we've done direct mail to them, even though they live basically down the street and, you know, are encouraging curbside pickup and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, it's been it's been interesting, yeah. It's been really really wild, but um, you know we've just got this whole you know, fleet of customers that you know are are literally in their you know seventies and eighties, a couple in their nineties still, and uh, there are regular. I mean, once a week we see these guys, and I'm just I'm not gonna let them go without pipe tobacco. <laughs> I'm just not gonna do it if I you know if the if they came and. Uh, and and if they hadn't have you know deemed us as essential or whatever, we would be uh, delivering this stuff to people's doors in uh, those Intel suits, you know. <laughs> so I don't know, but yeah, man, that's uh, that's that's something I've been you know it's it's been on my mind because they talk about like the second surge and and the likelihood of that coming specifically from like you know uh, gyms, massage parlors, or, or you know places where where people will kind of congregate and. And, you know, it's one of those things that I, I constantly think of the fact that like, you know, obviously the Squire, you've got a very diverse, I was about to say audience, but customer base in terms of age wise. And, um, you know, you could see college students hanging out with, uh, you know, folks uh, planning their their retirement. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a a massive, uh, you know, there's a massive kind of communal hub that is the pipe shop, especially um, amongst kind of some of the, the elderly as well. So it's it, it's. It's good, man. You're, you're taking care of your folks. You're making sure that they're they're getting their needs, and also you know taking care of making sure they're protected as they're getting their needs as well. Which... Yeah, and taking care of our staff as well. You know, making sure that um, you know everyone is um, you know not not uh, thrust into a you know situation where they're going to be compromised or any of that kind of stuff. So we're you know it, it's so funny to me. Um, we um, are going through this season, and none of us really know what to do, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, unless you're the uh, you know, the uh, immunologist guy that gets up on the, you know, for the White House conference every day that, you know, has been studying these infectious diseases for, I forget his name, but for... Fauci, Fucci. That one, yeah. Yeah, the one with, you know, with and, the F that sounds like pasta, yeah. For, for if, <laughs> and now we, we've lost our Italian. Right? All our Italian <laughs> listeners, right? Again, again. Again. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, the, the ones we, the few we got back. Uh, you know, it, yeah, it, it, if you... If you had, um, you know, that level of expertise, you could, in your mind, kind of rationalize this out every day. But, you know, with us normies <laughs> that are out here, um, you know, we just have so much conflicting stuff. You know, it's like, well, wash your hands. Well, you know, if if you if you wash your hands, you, you don't need to be touching your mask or, uh, you know, I, I don't know, back, just back and forth constantly. So we do the best we can and we, uh, we hope that it's, um, that it's good enough. And we just kind of muddle through it knowing that our, or hoping that our, you know, imperfect, uh, measures that we're taking are going to, uh, make a difference and, uh, and flatten this joker out. So, uh, regardless, I, I think we're all, you know, getting a little stir crazy and, uh, and ready to get back <laughs> after it. But Man. I know the pipe, the pipe has been, uh, a, a, a soothing balm to so many, uh, folks stuck at home. I have had many people tell me, uh, just, you know, the amount of tobacco they've consumed, uh, since they've been on, you know, furlough, uh, you know, sequestering at home, 
um, has just gone through the roof, right? So I don't know, man. This is interesting times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody be healthy and, um, and take care of one another, take care of yourself and taking care of yourself is taking care of one another at this stage in the game. But I will say this, man, speaking of, uh, you know, kind of everybody going a little stir crazy, looking for ways to connect after we did our, our, you know, first club, uh, hangout, uh, man, I got, I got some great advice from uh, Jim Friedman, who was, uh, he was on the, uh, the call and he mentioned that, you know, the folks over at this pipe life have been having their, their kind of, uh, get togethers, uh, virtually. And so, um, he, he invited me to join, uh, one of them, uh, a few weeks back where Brian Levine was actually, uh, the, the, the guest. So apparently what they do is they have like a, a speaker who kind of come on and, and, you know, gives, gives like a presentation, talks about some stuff. And, uh, and then, you know, they kind of, you know, ask some questions and that sort of thing. Cause I mean, I'm telling you, man, you, you weren't there, but when, when I, when I ran our, our first one, it was just, it was a mess. It was a beautiful mess, but it was a mess. Cause like, you know, you had so many great people who are all on and nobody knows when to talk or how to talk. And it's like, Oh wait, we have to facilitate this. Like, it's like almost kind of a round table discussion. And I didn't quite figure that out until like the last like five, 10 minutes. And so it was just kind of the, the country squire mess you've grown to know and love, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In real time. It's amazing. Right. But, uh, you get to be a part. <laughs> the format that uh, Jim laid out, I thought was really great. And so he invited me to be on and, you know, unfortunately I, I kind of lost track of time in the midst of everything. I was uh, watching, uh, <laughs> of all things I was watching, I was watching Little Mermaid 2, the direct to DVD sequel of the Little Mermaid uh, movie that my kids have been trying to get me to watch forever. And I've got so much to say about that, but I am not going to go into that here. Uh, but the great thing is, man, so I'm getting, I get a message from Brian Levine, uh, who apparently had been tipped off that I was supposed to come in and, and just, you know, haze him from the back of the class and, and throw spitballs as he's trying to talk and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I'm, I'm able to jump on like as soon as the movie ends and uh, I go on great guys on there. We had a great, great time, fun time talking and uh, of course, me and Brian, you know, I, we we here at Country Squire Radio are, are huge fans of of Brian Levine and uh, and of the of the Pikes Magazine uh, uh, radio show. But uh, but man, we I was we were having a little fun back and forth. But I thought this is so great because if if I'm just like stepping off of watching this just terrible movie of the direct to DVD Disney sequel that was The Little Mermaid two, who better to like to like jump in with than Brian Levine, the king of pipe tobacco as well as the king of like everything Disney, like the most minute Disney, whatever it is out there, Brian is an expert in. And so, um, yeah, I'll have to share more. I'll, I'll put it this way, John David, as I'm watching this movie, trying to figure out why terrible, how, te- why it's so terrible. Uh, I, I am DB it. And what I learn, I can't even discuss on our show here. <laughs> <laughs> it, it crosses the red lines. That's amazing. Wow. That, that, that's incredible. And you get to, and you get to off ramp that with Brian Levine and a bunch of pipe smokers. So. <laughs> well, exactly there, there I went past the red line. Cause I was like, Brian Levine explain this to me because I just went to the IMDB page of this movie. And I was wondering why th- this film was trying to get to the climax. So fact, and now I figured out why, because the people who created this, but anyway, I'm not going to go into it here. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Move it along. <laughs> you move it along. I'm glad. I'm glad y'all had a good visit, man. It sounds like that was uh, that was a fun time. Absolutely. This pipe life virtual pipe club and uh, and uh, the good folks there. And uh, big shout out to Jim as well, who's a member of our pipe club, the Country Square Radio Pipe Club, and uh, has been doing some great stuff. Uh, all right, so man, we have got a fun show for today. Uh, man, we're good. We're going back to the roots, if you will. And I'm not talking about the roots of uh, of Briar, <laughs> which would have made a lot of sense. 
No, we're doing uh, we're doing a tobacco centric episode, a tobacco talk, if you will. Now, this is really kind of the truest form of what you would expect from a pipe tobacco podcast. They're reviewing and uh, and deep dive, talking about the various uh, tendrils and and talons. Are those words of pipe tobacco? They are. I don't know if they've ever been used for uh, pipe tobacco related things, but they have now. So, congrats. Well, that's that's what we do. We find things that have never been used with pipe tobacco, <laughs> and we use them. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> So what we got today, because typically what we do is we've got a tin and a blend. At least that's the way it was in the early days. Since then, we've gone all over the map. Sometimes it's, you know, a bunch of loose. Sometimes it's a bunch of tins. I'm, I'm excited to see what you got for us, John David. Yeah, we've got a couple of tin tobaccos today and uh, excited about this because there are a couple of really good ones. And um, I'm hoping our Virginia lovers and Kentucky lovers will be uh, be pleased with this today. Yeah, I got, got a couple we'd like to talk about. The first one, um, it, really interesting tobacco that, that came out. Uh, last year, as a limited edition, they released uh, a good bit of it. Um, it, it, it's a, it was a one-time release. They released a good bit of it, and now, but not all of it, and now are releasing the last batch of it. Um, and this tobacco is um, from our friend Eric Stokeby, fourth generation. It's small batch aged Virginia. Uh, produced by Samuel Gaywith. Uh, really, really interesting tobacco. So you've got kind of a mouthful here. It's uh, the fourth generation small batch aged Virginia tobacco. Um, and uh, just a just a really interesting uh, collab here. What they've done is uh, Eric Stokeby, of course, uh, part of the uh, Stokeby, uh, you know, royalty family that we know and love and uh, is immediately recognizable in the pipe community, pipe maker. And the current patriarch, I should say, right? Uh, that, that's correct. Yeah, that's that's right. Our, and our friend Max's uh, dad, you know. And so Eric, uh, you know, is just uh, really talented and, and got together with the folks at Sam Gaywith to produce uh, a aged uh, premium Virginia uh, that was a, you know, is a special edition product, something that they wanted to really stand out and to say, hey, that, remember that time they did this one-off thing and they sat on a bunch of real premium uh, brightly for years and and made this special concoction and and boy, wasn't it good? Well, they 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 did that, they conquered it, and it uh, and it and it came out really uh, as a fascinating product. And so, um, yeah, just kind of interesting. So um, you're starting to see a little bit more of it trickle out now. Again, they they released a lot of it in 2019. Uh, the remnants of it are kind of coming out now. And uh, and as far as I know, that'll be that'll be it that that is out. But yeah, based on like just a quick glance at this, I mean, this is um, I have not seen this yet anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It was huh. it was limited. It, it was it was kind of hard to get, and so um, you know, hopefully, if you are a Virginia lover, keep a lookout for it here in the in the coming days. Um, Drake Virginia, it, it's kind of a ready rubbed tobacco, and uh, you know, in and in, in it's it's packaged in a way um, that you know is uh, is very unique for the manufacturer. Now, again, this is made by Samuel Gaywith tobaccos in the north of England there. Um, some of the hardest to find tobaccos, you know, in the world, uh, you know, Sam Gaywith tobaccos have become very hard to get. And, you know, they have this following where they get gobbled up. Uh, not not quite as bad as the esoterica tobaccos, but it's getting pretty close to that, you know, because they're just hard to hard to find. And so when Sam Gaywith collabed with, with Eric Stokeby, they uh, you know, wanted to do something uh, in their own right, unique and different. And so uh, the quality of the leaf that you would expect is there from them. Um, but the presentation is very different. Uh, when you when you open this package up, it's a it's actually a small black lacquered box. And it says uh, fourth generation uh, Eric Stokeby and small batched age Virginia 
on there. Uh, just a, a beautiful small box. You can note a little brass hinge on the on the end of it. It's about uh, the size of a, a little, maybe a largish, uh, like a like a ring. Uh, you know, if you're opening your uh, engagement ring for your, uh, you know, fiance or whatever, kind of kind of a box about that big, maybe a little bigger. That that's kind of if you can imagine that in your mind, that's kind of what you're looking at. So you open this lacquered box. It's real beautiful and elegant. Um, you know, it's something special that you're getting into here by by opening this, and um, it reveals that the box is actually a small humidor. Um, which is kind of neat. So it's cedar lined, Spanish Spanish cedar uh, inside the box, and um, the the presentation is really over the top. It is truly over the top. It's one of those where uh, you're like, wow, they've they've really kind of, you know, they're um, they're spared no expense. Yeah, you know, it's like you go to the uh, the gala that you've been invited to, you know, and and you see the crazy ice sculpture that's there. You're like, okay, you know, they did that because they're trying to make a statement, right? <laughs> and so Sam Gaywith has, uh, you know, with uh, with Stokeby has has done this here. So, um, so I'm curious, real quick, about the the presentation because, like, it is. I mean, it's a beautiful box, and you definitely, like you say, it, it gives you that kind of standout you know, this is something different. All right. You're supposed to, you, that, that is, you're supposed to see this and that is supposed to be what you feel. This is something different. Yeah. You mentioned it's a humidor. Cause that the biggest question I had, the first moment I laid eyes on this thing is how, <laughs> how does it pre- preserve the pipe tobacco inside? Like, is it, yeah. is it prepackaged inside the box in some sort of airtight seal that, that theoretically you would kind of bust open and pour back into the box or what, what, what's the process here? <laughs> oh man, I love where your mind's going because this is exactly <laughs> this is exactly where the whole story of this particular tobacco pivots. Now, I want to I want to preface I want to preface my review and and you know discussion of this tobacco with I, I do I do like it. I think they did a great job with the tobacco. It's tasty. Um, the end product once you once you get there. Um, is is really good, but everything I've described up to this point has been beautiful, very um, you know uh, you know very um, pleasant as far as an experience. You open the box, uh, inside the box is this little foil uh, wrapper, uh, gold foil wrapper that's just very uh, lightly sealed, uh, and then you unfurl it, and there's this beautiful uh, ready rubbed golden Virginia in there. But but Bo, you you, you nailed it. You, you kind of tripped over the 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 point of this, and that is <laughs> right. the the tobacco tobacco inside is bone dry. Yeah. <laughs> and huh. and and so it's kind of interesting to me that they chose this method in packaging this particular uh, tobacco. I appreciate what they're trying to do. You appreciate the uh, elevation of the experience and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, that's a big part of it. As someone that also sells cigars, we know that, well, you know, a lot of the folks that stumble on the cigars that they love did it because of the artwork, right? And um, and, and the tin tobaccos, we talk about that, how iconic some of the, uh, you know, artwork was for things like Frogmorton or uh, Christmas Cheer, you know, all the incredible artwork done by the folks at Cornell and Deal and um, you know, it just this regal stuff that you see and, and um, you know, and, and so you, you understand the value in that, right? I mean, we, I don't want to discount that, but at the end of the day, this is about preserving, uh, you know, and, and maintaining good pipe tobacco. <laughs> right, right. Form and function. And so I, I think this is where uh, the function kind of goes off the rails a little bit. And, and, and frankly, I'm a little disappointed with, uh, with, with Sam Gay with uh, here. Uh, it, it's interesting to me because, um, 
man, what what you know were, what were they thinking? I guess I, I don't know. It was kind of kind of interesting. But yeah, you open this uh, this box that's not uh, it's it's got a loose plaque plastic seal on the box, but it's not. Uh, it's one of those where it's not wholly sealed. It's just sealed enough to kind of keep it closed kind of thing. And so you open that, you've got this black lacquered box, and then inside that you've got the tobacco kind of encased in this this golden foil. It's all gorgeous. None of it's airtight. <laughs> and um, and so it's just, it presents a problem, yeah. Um, so, you know, they've put all this time into this tobacco, right? They've sat on this uh, premium, uh, you know, Virginia tobacco for years. It's been well matured and is just stunning and they put all this effort into it and and are really trying to make this premium experience and then at the end of the day you you know the end user he's excited he's paid thirty dollars for his special tin of this uh you know this tobacco and then and then the the tobacco's dry right well you know so so what do you do with this right <laughs> it, it's at this point i think where the 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 form um you know you mentioned form and function the form kind of failed us uh with this uh, you know we're we're impressed with the beauty of it the the execution of it, though, maybe uh, has something to be desired. And so um, w- there's a way to get around this and ways to get around this. And folks have done different things. But um, this tobacco is very enjoyable. You just have to, uh, th- this is just, you know, when you open up the can or the, the box, this is kind of where the process begins. <laughs> so um, so what, what I did, I took the tobacco and poked it into a small jelly jar uh, mason jar size, little ball jar. Um, and, and I put a pouch moistener in there and just let it sit, uh, for a couple of weeks. Uh, now what, what other folks are doing a, a pouch moistener, by the way, for those, you know, if you're a new pipe smoker listener, it's these little, uh, button size silver, uh, discs that have a little pumice stone in there that absorb, uh, water and you can put distilled water on there, poke it in your uh, pouch or, uh, you know, tobacco bag, tobacco jar, can, whatever, and it just kind of slowly emits moisture to, uh, you know, bring that tobacco up to a, to a you know, pleasant moisture content. Uh, so I did that, poked it back for a couple weeks. What some folks have found is that this box that it comes in, this little treasure box humidor that the tobacco itself comes in, um, it is actually the perfect uh, size. It's the perfect um, dimensions for a small Bovita pack. Um, Bovita packs, um, as we've, uh, I think, discussed before, Bo, uh, seems like maybe um, some of the guys at the Briar Shop got you hooked up with these, but they're little cigar pouches. They're made for cigars, but you can use them for a lot of things. But they're little, they're little pouches of uh, this kind of squishy substance that slowly emits moisture. Um, and then o- over time, it's slowly emitting this moisture, and then once it kind of runs out of moisture, it gets crispy, you throw it away and, and put another one in there. But um, th- this, they make a small version of this Bovita pack um, that fits perfectly inside this uh, this small, uh, you know, kind of pint-sized humidor that they've put this in. And so what some folks have done is they've, they've figured that out, and they put that Bovita pack in there with the uh, with the aged Virginia tobacco and let that sit for a few weeks as well. So, um, so that's, that's another option for you, uh, too, but yeah. You know, those packs, I, you know, this is a brief little tangent that I need to kind of confess really quick. So I've got, cause you know, you also mentioned just, you know, the, the cigar aspect of things as well. And it was making me think I've actually got a couple of cigars that I, I think I shared this with you. I was, I was going through uh, post move and you know how, like, you know, you move and you get the house set up and then, you know, like, like two years later, you finish moving by doing the stuff that's just, you know, yes. you know how it is. I definitely so understand. I, <laughs> so I was going through a box 
And I found, you know, all of these cigars that I'd kind of collected over time that were in a humidor, but the humidor was broken. And so, you know, a lot of these were bone dry. Uh, so I thought, I was like, well, you know, I got this pack uh, from uh, from the the, uh, the briar shop. I wonder if I actually just throw this in a jar with these cigars, if it'll work. You know, just, you, I don't know, just a science experiment. Uh, I haven't cracked it open yet. I almost did actually this this very weekend to uh, to try it out. They've been in there for, you know, I guess about a, about two or three months at this point. Um, so I, is that stupid? <laughs> no, no. It okay, sounds I like, you, I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but it's what I'm trying. <laughs> it sounds like you nailed it, to be honest with you. You know, one, one thing you have to, you know, be aware of, you know, is, is the fact that you've got a product that is probably going to take a, a good bit of time before it gets ready. Right, like pipe tobacco went a lot faster than than the cigar tobacco. Right? Yeah, so you're going to have to. I mean, that that stuff's tightly rolled, and you know, if you bring it up to peak moisture too fast, it's going to uh, start splitting and cracking and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it, this is something where you're going to have to take your time uh, doing it. If you can invest that time, you know, I, you can get those cigars back uh, to smokable condition. They may not be as fresh. You know, some of the, um, the aroma has probably left the leaves and uh, it's just a, you know, nature of chemistry more than anything. But, um, but you know, they, they're, they're going to be smokable and, and we see this happen all the time. So yeah, airtight, you know, container, glass jar works good with a Bovita pack or two. And, uh, you know, depending on how many cigars sit on them a while and, um, you know, you'll, you'll be enjoying that in your hot tub with your uh you know little uh tiki jar uh, cocktail before too long here <laughs> okay good 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 because that yeah I, that that that's good to know um, I, can't, yeah. I can't wait to give that a try i'll report back but i'm sorry that was a yeah, report report back i mean we, we've got some listeners that are cigar smokers so they can they can uh maybe maybe take advantage of uh your wisdom there um so so the Bovita pack fits perfectly inside this little this little humidor box that they've provided you with for the um, the the fourth generation small batch age Virginia, um, and so you're going to want to let that sit for a couple of weeks. For for goodness sakes, you just open the tobacco, smoke a bowl, try it like it is. You know, figure out that okay, this is pretty. This is this is this needs some uh, some attention before you uh, you know uh, dive back into it. But, I mean, it is worth smoking uh, at least a half bowl of this stuff before uh, you put it away for a couple of weeks, just so you can kind of, you know, compare at least what it's out, you know, like right out of the... Uh Right out of the box. Once it's got some time uh, coming back, it kind of being re, you know, hydrated. Um, this tobacco is it's it's great. It, it really is. So you, you've kind of you know you're excited about it. You're let down by the packaging, and then you get to power through, and then at the end you're uh, you're rewarded with uh, with I think what they really intended, which was uh, which was really delicious tobacco. So kind of funny. You have to fight for it, but it's uh, it's really good. <laughs> it's a flavorful aged. You know, it's a it's a spicy tobacco. Tobacco. It's one uh, that you know you'll get lots of those notes of uh, what you would expect from a straight Virginia. That bright leaf hay, um, you know, t- a little citrus, a, a dash of that kind of tang in the background, with maybe some notes of uh, of, of plum and the mulled fruit that uh, you know is so um, readily uh, observable in the uh, you know matured leaf. Kind of a nice medium medium bodied Virginia, and so um, you know all that to say that so much of this particular 
tobacco, the discussion around it is going to, um, you know, revolve around the packaging of it, uh, which I think was kind of controversial. But, um, but you know, they at the at the end they did a they did a, a great job making an excellent tobacco. It's something from Sam Gay with which you know you're going to know is just top of the market as far as quality goes, and um, you know it's a it's a delicious. Uh, it's a delicious, you know, aged Virginia um, that's got, uh, you know, some enough simplicity to make it very approachable for any Virginia smoker any time of day. But, uh, you know, enough enough complexity and, uh, you know, nice um, nuanced flavors to um, to keep it interesting. And so um, I, I think you'll enjoy it. Is it worth 30 bucks? Um, I don't know, but maybe it's worth, you know. 2025. <laughs> Interesting. You, you know, I will say this because I do wonder, like, you know, there's been so much discussion that, that we've seen and, and commentary that has come after uh, many of our discussions recently on rehydrating tobacco. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, yeah. we, I feel like we did that episode uh, a few, maybe a month and a half ago, maybe longer than that. But we got so many just like different techniques offered back up. And a lot of folks, you know, saying very specifically, as I, you know, confess to, throwing some of my dried pipe tobacco into the fire pit, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of judgment, not, not in a negative way, just judgment like, oh, come on. Like you can, you can breathe life into any tobacco, no matter how dry it is. Like there's, there's a, a group within the pipe uh, tobacco community that is very like, like, no, there are so many different techniques for this. You should never throw out dry tobacco, no matter how dry. Um, you know, I, it's, it's interesting to me because like, I wonder if, we've now kind of gotten to a place where like as a, as a uh, consumer base, we're becoming more comfortable with the notion of having to rehydrate or on, on pipe tobacco. Maybe that was some of the assumption here. Cause I mean, like we're not talking about inexperienced people. Like it's not like they accidentally did this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there, there had to have been a discussion about the impact of, of what this would do, what this packaging would do to the actual, the product and so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that what came from that is like, okay, well, this is obviously a premium product that is geared, or this is a, a product that is geared towards a premium experience that would be tailored to somebody, you know, this is not going to be the first pipe tobacco that somebody picks up. This is going to be to somebody who's experienced. The connoisseur. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so they're going to know how to, how to revive this. So I, I, I just, I would bet that's the case. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that's fascinating. You know, I, and maybe also their intent was to get this to uh, market uh, very quickly so that people could uh, very soon after manufacturer kind of uh, transition this into a, a different type of container or enjoy it, enjoy it quicker, uh, something of that nature, you know, but, um, you know, you just don't know, but I think your point is valid, you know, that, uh, you know, that they, they certainly, uh, kind of knew what they were doing. Again, these are, you know, folks that, um, have a sterling reputation in, uh, you know, in the, in the pipe tobacco world. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, the um, man, uh, fourth generation Eric Stokeby, uh, um, small batch aged Virginia tobacco, um, and a beautiful product uh, requires a little extra effort, but uh, <laughs> but at the end is a is a, a great a great tobacco for the uh, for the straightforward Virginia lover. Yeah, <laughs> man. All right, so there you go. All right, so I'm curious. Man, you started us out here. Where are you going from here? I know, <laughs> right? It's like, well, gosh, that's quite a first step. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do with that, uh, man? We, we're going to talk now about um, another tin tobacco. Uh, this one is becoming—it's um, it, a cult favorite, but is becoming more 
and more, um, the brand is a cult favorite, but it's becoming more and more of a sought after thing. Uh, and you know, again, you've got these, uh, kind of boutique, very small batch names, uh, that are being produced in, um, in the tobacco world. And they kind of get discovered by uh, a group or, or a few individuals. They develop these fanboys, and, and before you know it, the fanboys have kind of, you know, preached the gospel about these awesome tobaccos that, that they've heard about. And then before you know it, you can't find it anywhere because it's, you know, they, they are constantly running out of stock, right? <laughs> and so, uh, because they are produced in kind of, kind of small batches. And so, um, yeah, today, uh, the brand we're talking about, we've discussed, uh, briefly before, uh, it's Robert McConnell and, um, and it's Robert McConnell, Scottish flake, uh, Robert McConnell, Scottish flake. So, um, man, what a, what a fantastic, um, you know, series of tobaccos here. Uh, Robert McConnell, again, uh, you know, you've got a very, uh, uh, you know, not a lot of t- tins produced. This is all produced by Kohlhaas and Kopp in Germany. And they make, uh, you know, a lot of brands that we also are, are very familiar with, like Rattrays. Um, but then, you know, uh, other tins, too, that have also developed kind of these small uh, cult-following statuses. Freiburg and Traer, Astley's, Robert McConnell. Uh, you know, you've got these, these um, you know, tobaccos that they're producing that, um, you know, are just... Uh, kind of have a, a limited uh, feel to them. I mean, they're not, you know, very, uh, you know, these are not, you know, massively produced tobaccos, but they've kind of, did, you know, I don't know, they've just gotten popular and they're hard to get now. Even Rattrays, it's hard to find Rattrays now, which is kind of interesting. A tobacco that, uh, you know, has been available for so long, it's kind of, um, you know, like a few years ago when Dunhill tobaccos, of all things, you just couldn't find anymore. And that was even before they started, you know, announcing that they were going to go away and all this. You just couldn't find them. And so that's wild. So you said Scottish Flake, right? Yeah, it's the Scottish Flake. Yeah. From uh, okay. from Robert McConnell. So because um, Robert McConnell offers several flake tobaccos. He does. They do. Yeah, sure do. And 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 this one's interesting. Now, they've got a kind of a Scottish uh, series, I guess you'd call it. They've got their Scottish blend, a Scottish cake, and a Scottish flake. Um, and, and to my knowledge, all these tobaccos are are basically the same, uh, but just in different form. So um, the Scottish flake, we're talking about a Virginia, Kentucky Perique flake. It's a delicious tobacco. It is really, really good. And so you kind of got that uh, very simple... Uh, you know, a traditional Victorian, maybe, uh, or, you know, kind of design on the tin uh, there, that little uh, bit of furliness around the artwork and uh, just, you know, very simple Scottish flake. It's uh, very, um, you know, not something that uh, is trying to make a huge statement, but, you know, something that communicates uh, some some class, you know, that kind of thing. What do you no, think? No, 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 I, well, I just, I'm, I'm, I don't disagree with you. I just, I, I find it... Um what do you consider class in the pipe tobacco? Well, it I guess I guess when I maybe class is not the right word. It's it's understated, right? It's something understated. that yet I, I know what you're trying to say. I I because I, I mean as soon as you said that I'm like that's not the word I would use. But I I think that I agree <laughs> with what you're trying to communicate here, and I think understated. That's that's a. It's like it doesn't have to speak for its itself. Like it it kind of. No, it, it does speak for itself. It, do, it does. Like, it's not. It's just not flashy. It, it and it doesn't have to be. It's got to be good, right? Because <laughs> if everybody's smoking it, it ain't for the packaging. Like right. it's very. It's very much like, hey, you like orange? Or I mean, that's true of like all their brandings. Like, hey, you like yellow? Hey, you like whatever the color is? Like, here's a, here's an orange tin. Here's a yellow tin. You know, whatever it may be. <laughs> um, and then they've got their bra- their logo, of course, which is you know, I mean, it, it's got that kind of someone's name, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, kind of, kind of, and then you've got some of these. I mean, I guess the older ones are a little bit more ornate and decorative, and kind of the the you know uh, the border, so to speak, of of the logo. But for the most part, it's just you know. Here's the color orange, Scottish flake. Right. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And 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 to be honest, on the tin, that's about all you get as far as the description goes. Now, it, it you know it's funny. I, I have always, uh, if you've listened to the show long enough, you've um, you know probably are aware that I've always kind of done mentioned or referred to a Scottish flake as a uh, or a Scottish tobacco as a tobacco that features um, you know a, a non-aromatic featuring. Uh, you know, a, uh, a bit of Latakia, but the Latakia is kind of in the background behind Virginias and Orientals. So, you know, I, I've heard that in other places, other other blenders use that kind of uh, language. Um, but then you've got something like uh, the Scottish blend from, um, uh, you know, MacBaron, which is a, uh, you know, it's a it's an aromatic tobacco, but it, the way it's topped and the quality of tobaccos, it, you could really put it in any pipe. It's, uh, you know, it just very... Uh, very complex, very interesting. Um, it, it doesn't really go with the description I use at all. Uh, and and then you've got these uh, tobaccos from Robert McConnell, the Scottish Flake, um, and their description of this is exclusive dark Virginia tobaccos in a spicy Kentucky with a touch of Perique pressed into a flake. Now notice there wasn't any Latakia in there at all. <laughs> and so it you know all this just goes to say, man, the pipe world is so full of like just. I mean, you just kind of create your own definitions, you know. <laughs> um, Scottish tobaccos are are definitely. I mean, it, Balkans are are um, similar to that. You know, you've just got all these varied, um, you know, definitions of uh, of those words. And so, um, but anyway, they, they're Scottish flake. They've got a dark Virginia, uh, spicy Kentucky with a touch of Perique pet pressed into a flake. So, um, when you open this orange tin. They used to be square tins. They come generally in round tins now. Uh, I think because of the the future labeling that they're going to have to uh, switch to. Although some people do prefer uh, the round tins. Um, but when you open the tin, uh, you've got this uh, beautiful brown uh, flake. It's a it's a uh, a warm walnut colored brown flake with these ribbons of gold that uh, kind of run through it. Uh, it. It's just very uh, very supple. Uh, it, it's it's just got a beautiful moisture content to it, and I, I want to brag on it right after we follow this uh, the other tin that we talked about <laughs> because the the moisture content is just exactly what you would want from a um, you know from a well um, preserved uh, you know flake tobacco um, folds and stuffs really easily. This is one of those where uh, when you pick the flake up right from the can, uh, I did not have to really let this tobacco dry out before I smoked it. It was one of those that went directly into the pipe. Uh, pretty easily. And I, I don't uh, fold and stuff my flake tobaccos very, uh, very often. I typically kind of rub them apart. I, I think I've talked about that before on air. Um, but, you know, folding and stuffing this particular tobacco went really well for me. Um, but also, you know, runs, um, you know, burns great if you just kind of tear it apart and load your pipe with it in the traditional way. It is a very peppery tobacco on the light. Uh, which I really enjoyed. Uh, it's one of those where I, I didn't get the sense that the pepper was from the Perique. It just kind of felt like it was more of a um, a nice, pleasant bite that you would get from 
um, you know, say your favorite, uh, you know, high quality bourbon or something. It just had a really nice, uh, it kind of bite, probably more from the natural sweetness than anything uh, of the tobaccos. And then um, it, what was so fascinating about this, uh, you know, the second time I smoked it, this was a lot of fun to me. But after that pepper, I really noticed how the complex notes quickly started to develop um, and, and really brought me to places that Virginia's and Kentucky's have never taken me before, which I thought was fascinating. Uh, bright, bright fruit, uh, pear and grapefruit flavors. Um, it just this kind of interesting uh, citrusy, uh, you know, apple flavor that was, um, you know, kind of present throughout the, the rest of the bowl once you kind of powered through that, that initial pepper. Um, and, and then you still had the grassy, uh, peppery flavors that you kind of expect from a high-quality, um, you know, Virginia tobacco there, um, you know, that was there, the smokiness of the Dark Fire Kentucky and the pepperiness of the Perique. Uh, it was just really, really pleasant. It, it was funny. I was sitting on the porch with my wife recently smoking this tobacco, and I, I we had some white wine in the fridge. It was a Sauvignon Blanc, and uh, Sauvignon Blancs, they kind of have that kind of uh, light pear, grapefruit, you know, citrusy, but not super sweet, a little bit dry, you know, it's just kind of, I, I was like, man, this would go great with that. And so I, I ran inside, you know, uh, had my pipe lit, got the bottle of wine, brought it out with the, with the pipe and, um, man, really enjoyed that pairing. This is not a, you know, uh, a Squire Select episode, but that, that pairing that day was just really, uh, pretty special. It was really good. So, um, yeah, first, first time I've really, uh, kind of honed in on a white wine as far as one to, uh, to pair with a pipe tobacco. Kind of interesting, but, ah, um, maybe you, teeing up a future. You never, you never know. <laughs> you never know. But, um, yeah, just a really good, uh, really good tobacco, good hot weather tobacco, something that, um, you know, has a, a nice medium to full, uh, flavor with a medium, uh, strength, medium to full strength. And I think you'll enjoy it. This is something that a Kentucky lover will love, uh, for that smoky kind of campfire, toasted flavor and then and then also the virginia smoker will like it as well perique is there it's not uh not super super uh you know strong over the top but it's uh but it's present and uh and and i think you'll enjoy it if you like a virginia perique all right well there you go yeah man man okay so you know i i I gotta ask you something i I don't know if i've ever asked you this before when when you're kind of coming up with what will be the you know, the tobacco talk tobaccos. Is there, do you have a process? Like why, why in particular these two tobaccos out of curiosity for this, for this particular week? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's tobaccos that I've smoked recently, um, you know, this, this week or, you know, have smoked, um, you know, in the, in the recent future. In other times it's been tobaccos that, um, you know, folks have specifically asked me about. They've been like, Hey, you know, I just tried this and, um, these are my thoughts. What are your thoughts kind of thing? And so I'll go try it. Or, um, you know, maybe it's a tobacco where, um, you know, it's new to the market and I want to review it for, um, you know, the folks just to kind of have an idea of what it is. Or, um, you know, folks have said, hey, I haven't tried this tobacco yet and I'm thinking about getting it. What do you think about it? And I, I realized, well, you know, I haven't I haven't tried it either. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's uh, a lot of tobaccos that just kind of fall through the cracks like that. Um, tobaccos that have been on the market forever that uh, we still, you know, I, I mean, you could smoke a different tobacco every single day and not not touch them all in a life. 
lifetime, you know, uh, particularly, you know, brands like Cornell and Deal that have, you know, 88,000 tobaccos, you know, <laughs> there's just so many good ones to pick from. And so, um, yeah, you know, inspired in different ways. These are just two tobaccos that, um, you know, I'd kind of had experience with recently. So, um, so that was it. But yeah, there's a good chance, you know, if you ask me one time about a certain, um, you know, tin or, um, you know, if a friend has gifted me a can of tobacco that I've tried and, and had some strong feelings on that it might uh, show up on one of these episodes. Well, you know, it goes into kind of what we talked about during the uh, kind of best practices. But I mean, part of being a good tobacconist, a good shop owner is being a, an eternal student and uh, always expanding your palate, trying some new things and uh, not being afraid to, uh, you know, to to. You know, when I guess say I don't know when when they ask what you think, so that you can go out and educate yourself, make a note and uh, and go through, man. And there there are far fewer educated voices out there than that of John David Cole as he goes through and trying out various pipe tobaccos to inform us about them. And you too can expand your palate. You too could be the next John David Cole as you try these sampling all of these great pipe tobaccos. But to do that, you got to get a good quality smoke from a uh, great pipe like Missouri Meerschaum. <laughs> <laughs> that is right, man. The folks at uh, Missouri Meerschaum have been cranking out high-quality smoking pipes for over 150 years now. And, um, and you talk about being a student of uh, the trade, being always willing to learn, always willing to push the envelope, receive feedback. And the folks at Missouri Meerschaum um, have that in spades. They're always coming out with uh, fun new shapes and new uh, finishes, which has been uh, a lot of fun to follow in the past couple of years, particularly as they've celebrated their 150th anniversary. Um, man, as this episode airs so proud to announce that Missouri Meerschaum is back open uh, they are back their their factories back open they got people at work man they've uh, taken precautions uh, you know with the pandemic that's happening uh, to make sure their staff is safe their products are safe uh, things are getting produced uh, in a timely manner and, and getting out the door and so uh, man be sure to look for your favorite uh, Missouri Meerschaum pipes out there it's probably a good time right now you know if you've got a few extra bucks burning in your pocket <laughs> whether it's from Uncle Sam or not, uh, you know, to to maybe maybe replenish that supply of uh, pipes for that you have on hand for tasting or pipes you have on hand for uh, the guests that come over and hang out uh, with you and uh, and smoke pipes. You know, we've talked about having those Missouri Meerschaums on hand to put in friends' hands, uh, convert some new pipe smokers. Uh, great, great options there, uh, particularly pipes like the Patriot, uh, the Legend, the Country Gentleman. Uh, these are pipes that, uh, you know, have a timeless quality, uh, a timeless aesthetic and, and a lot of quality that'll last for a long time. So um, check them out, Missouri Meerschaum. You can go to corncobpipe.com to get it from the source themselves or find it at your uh, local tobacconist. That's right. And we uh, thank Missouri Meerschaum for sponsoring this show. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around 200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pipe Question of the Week. Pipe Question of the Week this week coming in from Jeb T. This is what Jeb had to say. Uh, I feel like this may have been asked before, but it is possible for us non-tobacconists. But is it possible for us non-tobacconists to flavor our own tobacco? See, I have this particular brand of whiskey that I love, and I'm curious what it would look like or be like to smoke a pipe tobacco that carried that same flavor. I know this is the case with rum cased pipe tobaccos and dog doggone it. I want to try I, uh, in my head. I just need to soak the pipe tobacco in a jar of the whiskey and then sun dry it out. But I don't know Jack on any of this. Uh, you tell me boys, am I insane or could this work? And that's coming from Jeb T. Jeb T, you you may be insane, but it also can work. <laughs> um, man, I, I I say go for it, man. This is something where you can have a lot of fun uh, experimenting with this, and and folks do. You know, you can be as simple as uh, you know with your favorite uh, liquor. I've seen folks uh, soak a, a paper towel. Um, in you know their preferred liquor, stick it in a jar uh, with that tobacco, and then just let it sit for a year. You know it can be something as simple as that, um, all the way to you know producing your own uh, topping. Uh, you know for the tobacco that you're looking at. Um, you know maybe creating a simple syrup, adding one of your favorite beverages to that. Uh, you know heating the tobacco up so that the tobacco will readily uh, accept the flavoring, uh, and then mixing all that together, letting it sit and dry out, uh, and then enjoying it at your leisure. You know, there's just so many, uh, so many ways to do this. Some people literally just, you know, will put, um, we've talked about flavoring tobaccos before on the air. Um, you know, some people will literally just put, uh, you know, to a, a liquor maybe in a spray bottle and kind of spritz their tobacco. Um, the thing about that is, you know, you're, the, it, the tobacco is not going to readily uh, accept the flavoring as much uh, if you do it that way. It's, it's really going to take some time and some heat 
in order to uh, to get that tobacco, uh, you know, kind of permeated with the flavors of of your favorite liquor. So, um, you know, man, uh, try it out. You know, the like I said, the simple way. I, I have a lot of folks that'll just kind of, uh, you know, soak a little piece of uh, you know paper towel or a sponge or something uh, in their favorite whiskey. Uh, put poke that down in a in a jar full of their tobacco. But if you want to get more sophisticated at it, look up um, you know topping uh, methods. You can actually create your own topping uh, to put on. Uh, tobacco. Now, now, you know, one thing you need to be aware of, if it's a tobacco that is already flavored with something, that tobacco is not going to take uh, your topping very well. So, you know, you're, you're probably, yeah, you, you, it's kind of like uh, trying to draw over another drawing kind of thing, if that makes sense, Bo. Like, you know, your best bet is to find like an unflavored Burley, unflavored Virginia, uh, something that can, you know, accept this flavor a little more uh, readily. But um, but once you do that, you know, just have fun with it, man. Experiment, look up some recipes. Um, they're out there. There's tons of YouTube videos where folks have, uh, you know, created their own, um, you know, toppings for different tobaccos. And then, um, you know, maybe you get a big batch of this stuff and you throw half of it in a jar and just tuck it away. And then the other half, you, uh, you know, you press, put, put it uh, in a noodle press or put it in, uh, you know, even just take a little bit and throw it between two uh, heavy books, you know, that you never open and, <laughs> and just, uh, see if that changes it up some. Have fun with it, you know, but um, man, go for it. You, you may be insane, but I also think you can work. So, <laughs> Hang on, hang on. You you said a noodle press? Yeah, yeah. People like to do that, make little crumble cakes with it. With And just using just a traditional, like, you know, Fuccini noodle press. Uh, Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. I, yeah. don't, I, that, that, I didn't know that, you could do that. That's a thing, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, now we know. Now we know. All right, well, there you go. Big thanks to uh, Jeb T for sending that in. And hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week for us, be sure to send those in. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Quick fire with the Squire. Quick fire question. Ow! That's right, man. All right. We've got a 90s edition here. I think this was from, uh, as well from Pastor Joda, uh, as, as well as last week. I'm, I'm excited for this. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Come on. All right. Fresh Prince or Saved by the Bell? Fresh Prince. I, you know, I, I get the appeal of both. You know, we always, we all like Zach Morris's, you know, bag phone and all that stuff, but I'm going to go with Fresh Prince. All right. I got a confession to make, and I hate to do this as a child of the 90s. I, I never once watched Saved by the Bell. Never. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I I understand. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to shame you for that. You know, one thing, thank you. One thing about it, Saved by the Bell came out a little early for us. Like it was kind of in the like early nineties where we were kind of more, uh, a little more aware of stuff like this in the like mid to late nineties. You know what I mean? So I, I, I'm, yeah, I kind of caught up, but you know, I I don't, I'm not going to shame you for that. You're, you're good. So that, you know, the early versus late 90s, I almost feel like should be two separate decades because they are like a lot happened in the 90s. There was some transition there. It's kind of like, uh, but no, Fresh Prince was it, the, the, the early 90s is like 80s part B, you know, <laughs> and then. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm all, all the way. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Fresh Prince for me as well. Uh, gangster rap or alternative slash grunge? I, I'll go with alternative. Um, you know, I'm probably in that, um, that camp. Uh, it seems like I <laughs> used to uh, listen. Did you to, dirty your hair and have the I, black? Uh, I didn't. You know, I, I did own one pair of Jinkos. I will admit to that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, man, I you know, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, I listened to 
uh, uh, what was the name of that terrible band that uh, came out with uh, um, like Silver Chair and like you know Lincoln Park and I I don't know I mean I, I I'll I'll go with the alternative. Look at this photograph. No no that so, I didn't do that now. <laughs> okay. that, I think that was the two thousands anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah you know I I I want to just reject this question outright for two reasons one is that like alternative and grunge are two separate, I feel like are two separate genres in and of themselves. And then also gangster rap, like are we talking East Coast? Are we talking West Coast? Are we talking like early 90s? Are we talking late 90s? Like it's, it's just, they're too, uh, exactly. So it's it's very, it's a broad, very broad catch-all, but this is the main reason why I reject the question. I wasn't allowed to listen to anything that wasn't conser- uh, uh, contemporary Christian music. Radio, so. <laughs> <laughs> if we're talking about in the 90s. So I, lo- I, have no- I love the contrast here, Bo, because literally one of my first albums was Master P Ghetto Dope. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> so like, did, wh- I, tell you that, while did you- I tell you that I met Master P? No, that's awesome. We we uh we we uh vacationed together in Santorini. You vac- vacationed together, fantastic man. That's yeah. great. Do you remember? You remember when I went to? No, I'm serious. When we when we went to um, no, we need to Italy, uh, right? It, no, not Italy. Uh, Greece. When we went to Greece. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have I, I not told you this story? No, I, I guess I didn't realize that. I remember you going to Greece, but you you hung out with Master P. Oh man, this is uh, uh well, he did not want to hang out with me, but no, there, you know, there's uh, there's a story here, but we don't have time for it. So remind me to tell you, maybe I'll I'll share on. The okay, fair. Episode. That's fair. Uh, yeah, yeah, we shared a place together. It was great. Uh, okay, so uh, so next up, flannel or starter brand jacket? Uh, I'll I'll go with the starter jacket. Yeah, I I, I was one of those kids. Okay, I you know I looked I looked into like now flannel, but back in the '90s I probably would have wanted a star yeah, franchise. Yeah, that, that I, I, like, I'm on the same page. Yep. Yeah, uh, and then uh, finally, video game, arcade, or fun park, which was of course you know putt putt, go karts, bumper boots, that sort of thing. Man, yeah, I mean as ma- as many video games I played as I played at home, I, out and about, I probably would have more enjoyed the putt putt, go karts. Uh, that kind of stuff, you know, your fun park kind of discovery zone type of, you know, thing. I'd, I'd, I'd probably be more in that uh, in, in that realm. Yeah. Yeah. In, in Jackson, we had the park was what it was called. Yeah. And so you had the you had pup, <laughs> but it did also have an arcade. Like I remember going in and playing the um, remember that Jurassic Park game where you were in the Jeep and you'd go around. You had the handgun. Yeah. And you had to shoot all the dinosaurs. Yeah. 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 It was a, that was a fun game. Um, but no, but yeah, putt, putt, the go-karts, I kind of conclude them all together. If I could choose between the two, I'd go for that, uh, which would also have some arcade elements kind of mixed in that rather than a true arcade. Yeah. I think the only time that I've ever gone to like a place for the true arcade nature of something was actually in college. Uh, me and, and a buddy of mine, we would go to a, it was actually a bowling alley near our college that had a small arcade, but in that small arcade was the X-Men, like the uncanny X-Men arcade game. Like you would go and you'd choose like Nightcrawler, Wolverine. Um, I think, I think Colossus who had like, he could electrocute his body for some reason, which was not the character's power in the comics, but it wasn't the video game. And it was like one of those, you know, you'd walk back and forth kind of like the old teenage mutant Ninja Turtle style uh, arcade game. And, uh, and we would go in with like just a bunch of quarters and we would just like, you know, go on on Saturday morning, and <laughs> play that game as college students. We were <laughs> super cool. Anyway, That's hilarious. There you, <laughs> there you go. 90s edition. Quick fire question. Love those. Those are a lot They're of fun. They're great. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thanks, Pastor Joda. And Hey, if you've got some quick fire questions for us, send them in show at country squire radio.com. Your, your thoughts, your, your comments, comments. Listener, listener feedback. feedback. 
All right, listen to feedback. This one is coming in from, yes, Daniel Holloman. He says, hey guys, thanks for what y'all do. Uh, This is Daniel Holloman. I was one of the most recent Squire patrons, but you referred to me as Shiner. (laughs) That is the first part of my email. (laughs) I updated my Patreon account with my name and somehow uh, didn't save it the first go round. Kind of new to all of this social media. Uh, what different ways can we interact with y'all through this Patreon account or what's the best way that you prefer to con- to be contacted? Uh, man, that's a great question that Daniel asked. He actually asked through Patreon. So this is kind of like an affirmation that yes, we do. We do see those coming through. Yeah. Um, but also I thought I might as well use this as an opportunity to share on the show. Um, you know, honestly, I think um, the uh, from from a club member standpoint, uh, the Facebook group, Patreon, or just a straight up email is a great way um, that kind of uh, raises to the top. But I mean, Patreon and, and the uh, Facebook group are are kind of checked on a on a regular, um, skimmed through on a regular I, for on, yeah. on my part because I'm you know I don't I don't jump into the discussion too much in the group, but I, I do uh, on, on the on the very rare occasions that I pop onto Facebook, that's typically one of my my checklist items <laughs> is to, to go just give it. The best way to get me is uh, country squire nineteen seventy at gmail dot com. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a not so uh, dirty secret. Well, it, it is dirty, but it's not it's not so much a secret. I can't stand Facebook Messenger. Like I I I, I don't really do. Facebook Messenger. It's just something that is not really on my radar. Like, I, I don't put that in the same category as like receiving a text message or any of that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, if you want to get me, um, man, try me, try me at CountrySquire1970 at, uh, at gmail.com. And that's, that's probably the best way. Yep. Uh, tweeting me directly is a good way to get a hold. I, like I tell people all the time, like I'll, I'll check t- Twitter more than I check text messages. So, I mean, a good way is just to send me a message on Twitter. Uh, at man, the real we are Bo York. so different. <laughs> we are, but I would tell you where we are the same. I'm the same way on Facebook Messenger, man. Like I like d- face messaging us on Facebook is the last way to get in touch with us because like every maybe a quarter, if if we're lucky, I'll check that to go through and I and I'll see like oh we had all these people send us these messages on Facebook Messenger, and I just feel awful about that. Yeah, but I mean like at the same time you've got so many different ways of communicating. I mean I I tell clients now when they talk about how best to to communicate with their audience, you know, I you know the I, I if I could go back in time, I would say, you know, you know, pick a pick a uh, social media platform and then stick with it. Like don't try to be, you know, all things everywhere all over the place and that sort of thing. Like you got to kind of have to pick a lane and and go for it. And, and you know, if people aren't on it, if they want to communicate with you, they'll get on it or they can just get you on email cuz email is kind of the the secondary for everybody. Uh, from a, you know, audience connection standpoint, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, Patreon, Patreon and, uh, the Facebook group are a good way just as, uh, the group is good for just kind of communicating as a group. Uh, if you want to message us through Patreon, obviously that, that raises to the top pretty quick. Um, and then just as you heard from uh, us in, 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 uh, independently, if you want to get a hold of John David, email's good. If you want to get a hold of me, uh, shoot me a Twitter, but, uh, show at country We check that, uh, every week at, at least every week. Um, typically more than that, but uh, there you go. All right, Daniel. Uh, also, man, we got this in from uh, Dave Allen, also called the doctor, as I call him, Dr. Allen. He's not a doctor. Uh, what, did, uh, what did Dave have to say? <laughs> he says, Bo and John David, great job on showcasing the Canadian pipe shape uh, in O Canada, a look at the Canadian pipe. Is that what you named it? O Canada? Of course. I was going to call it. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. I was going to put like some uh, punctuation there and be like, oh, Canada. Or, or like, oh, Canada. Or, yeah, but I, I just left it at, oh, Canada. <laughs> That's awesome. He, he says, I must point out, though, that you missed some crucial Canadian stereotypes, like riding our Zambonis across rivers and lakes in the winter, 
our use of the word Chesterfield instead of couch, I don't get that one, or um, our winter toques, uh, knit caps, uh, oh, not to mention Bob and Doug McKenzie. Uh, how on the real reason, uh, now onto the real reason for the email, uh, the smoking chair. I have had two smoking chairs, the current one that doubles as my office chair, and my absolute favorite, the basement recliner. Uh, this thing is so worn in and so comfortable, it's like slipping into a favorite smoking jacket while lighting your favorite pipe and blend. It has been um, and will be a great chair to sit in and contemplate the joys and trials of life uh, for a long time. Guys, thanks for producing such a quality show. Looking forward to many more. And that's from our friend Dave Allen. Love Dave, man. Longtime uh, friend and, and listener. Love love hearing from him. And uh, man, blessings to you up in up in Canada. Good sir. Okay, this when he said like this this has rejogged my memory from actually a conversation with the with the smoking chair. Chesterfield was what I was trying to think of when I was saying like with the indented uh, leather Oh yeah, we talked about that the we other did. day. Yeah, Chesterfield. It's got the little buttons that kind of dip buttons. make the leather have the dimples in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe in Canada they, they refer to that like Kleenex. You know how we call like all like tissue wipes Kleenex, even though they're not necessarily Kleenex brands. So maybe that's the whole deal is in, in uh in Canada they do uh, Chesterfield for all couches, not just the Chesterfield style couch. Perhaps. I, I'm not Canadian. Could be. I'm, I don't know I if don't know. you know this. I'm not I'm not Canadian. But uh, th- thank you, Dr. Allen. <laughs> we appreciate that. Uh, thanks for taking us to task there. Hey, speaking of which, we, we have so many great, um, there's so many additional emails that kind of came from the, uh, from the, the smoking chair. So I might, I might throw those in a little bit. We had a, such a great response to that particular episode. In fact, it was after that episode went out when I actually went on um, with the, uh, the, this Pipe Life Club and everybody was kind of showing me their, their smoking chairs. And people were asking like, Hey, is that your, uh, you know, is that your Adirondack that you're talking about? And anyway, it's just, uh, so there may be a uh, one or two that we might slip in from time to time with the, uh, the smoking chair since there was such a great, uh, great response there, man. No, that was good. I, I love getting all the feedback and seeing people's kind of personal ecosystems, you know, they're smoking their pipe, but, um, it is interesting. Anyway, no, yeah. that's great. And Dave, we appreciate you writing in. Absolutely. Hey, if you want to write into the show, please do show at country squire radio, Dot com is the best place to do it. Uh, also, we've made mention, of course, of our, our own uh, Country Squire Radio Pipe Club. If you haven't uh, considered joining yet, please do. Uh, Patreon.com slash Country Squire Radio is the place to do it. Um, you get access to our, our Facebook group, our, uh, our club lounge, if you will, from there. And also, you're helping uh, make this show happen on a weekly basis, and we, we greatly appreciate those of you who are. You can also uh, keep up with us throughout the week. I'm at the Real Bo York on Twitter. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at, at underscore Country Squire. And of course, all that contact information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. All right. Well, John David, this is a good one, man. Dude, I had fun. Yeah, man, we, we talked a lot about, uh, man, pipe tobacco and um, some packaging preferences and <laughs> tasting notes and all kinds of stuff. It was good. I had a, yeah. had a good time, man. So I, can't, I, can, man, I, cannot, I cannot wait to tell you the story of how Master P tried to kick us out of our Greek villa. That'll be so much fun. I, that, that, that's like a tee up for next week. I'm eager. Bring it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Let's go have a day. See you, brother.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.